Hello. Yeah, welcome back to First Stop, You're Wrong, a podcast by two dudes smart enough to see problems, but too dumb to figure out how to fix them. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Luke. With me is Jeremiah. I'm Luke. PDA episode is a horrible. Still? Still horrible. I still hate it. I just thought I'd bring it up. Okay. Last week was church clicks, and why you were wrong about church clicks. Now, you shouldn't I have, have formed about two more church clicks now coming out of that episode because I've now become stronger in my church click. Yeah. And no one can stop my church click from absolute domination of all social circles at my church. Prepare, prepare for the Thunderdome. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, hit it with a disclaimer. All right, guys, as you know, this podcast is mainly opinion-based. Of course, as Christians, our utmost authority is Scripture, but some of the subjects we deal with are gray areas, or they just might not be directly addressed in the Christian life. Our goal is to make you come away thinking about new things, things you haven't thought of before, or just to get a new perspective on things you may have thought of before. With all that said, Luke, what are people wrong about this week? People are wrong about... King James Version Onlyism. Wow. King James Version Onlyism. Wow. Do you like King James? You know, I, I I'm not uh I don't dislike it. I was cool with Napoleon. Oh. <laughs> oh, um, you know, if I was gonna pick someone Napoleon. Napoleon well, was there. French, not um, not English. Yeah. So are we just doing world leaders? <laughs> sure, you know what? Frederick the Great, maybe. I don't Frederick, know. Which one was he? He was a Prussian. Yeah, but Prussia is like not real. No, Prussia is not real. Do they exist? Just like birds. They're not real. Prussia and birds aren't real. Dude, birds being robots. What if that was actually true? That's one of the ones where it's so crazy that it just might have some truth in it. You Hmm. know, like how did someone come up with the idea? These things have existed forever and everyone has seen them. But all of a sudden, Ronald Reagan just said, no, make them bots. We need to spy on the people. It would be Ronald Reagan, though. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff, but we don't we don't talk about it. Maybe that's what really what, what Star Wars really was. <laughs> Probably. <is. laughs> let's tell people what Pigeon Wars. Let's tell the people what King James onlyism is. King James version onlyism is. So the the King James only title. It. I know a, a lot of this. I mean, when you talk about King James onlyism. Most people, their mind goes straight to James White, you know, because he has had so many debates and has so much resource and material on, yeah, the King James Only controversy, on King James Onlyism. And he he breaks down the spectrum of King James Only into five different groups. I don't really see the five groups the way that he talks about it. I'm sure he's probably right because he's studied it a lot more than We're either of us. We're just two dudes in a podcast. And, I mean, he's probably studied it longer than either of us have been alive. And, oh. you know, he... Yeah. But he is really the authority or one of the main authorities on it. But I just don't like the five groups that he does. I only see two Okay, two main groups. groups. Okay. You have King James Onlyist, who view the King James Bible... As the only valid English translation of the Bible. Right. And it breaks down from there into more of a spectrum of, okay, how now, far do they believe? When you're saying valid, what do you mean by valid? Inspired. So, inspired by God. Inspired by okay. God, yeah. Some people would say that there's something called a double inspired 
So the Bible was inspired when it was originally written, and then the King James translators inspired it, were inspired again when they translated it. Or it could mean that the people who wrote the manuscripts or compiled the manuscripts that the King James Bible was based on were inspired, just like the biblical authors were inspired. So there's, there's a lot of different rabbit trails that go down from just the title of King James onlyest. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people say that they are King James only when what they really mean is that they're in the other group that I see is they're really King James preferred. So they just want to read King James yeah, and they so want to recite out of King James. That's someone who they grew up and anytime they heard the words of God, it was in the King James English. Right. And so when they hear something else, like the ESV or the NASB, it makes them uncomfortable because that's not what they grew up hearing. And that is not the same thing as King James Onlyism. What that is, is this is the preferred translation. And I think most people have a preferred translation. My preferred translation is the ESV. That's just, oh, I enjoy how that. How dare you? Yeah, I know. But I, I know, I read it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the ESV to me is just... The the I, I get the most out of it when I'm reading, but I also have a NASB. I also have a King James uh, version. I also have a New King James version, and then I have the Bible app, which has literally, literally every single every one, yeah. single version you could think of. That's how I I don't own a LSB, the Legacy Standard Bible. That's another really good translation. Mm-hmm. I don't own one, but if I need to cross reference something, I'll look at the LSB, uh, and. You get so much out of that when you have more in the English language. But for King James preferred people, uh, they, they just like the sound of the King James Bible. They That's what they grew up with. That's what they've memorized the majority. I mean, you think about Awana is all King James is uh, it? Bible. I think it is. When, when, at least the Awana books I had the were The old King ones James. I think were. I think they switched to... Maybe well, I think they switched, ones, to, they switched to NIV for like their their really when I was doing a one uh, Bible quiz yeah uh-huh. yeah uh, when I was a kid and they switched to the Truth and Training one yeah I'm almost positive that went to NIV well because the I ones think, we use at church are KJV but it says on the front that it's the King James that it uses King James okay uh, and so I'm thinking they probably have multiple different that makes sense versions yeah. available. Um, in my old church, where they were complete heathens, and how and dare they not? Now, do do you, do you know why the King James Bible is so widely used and stuff like that, or it's used a lot by cultic people? This is a tri- cultic side trip. people, yeah, like not not people who are, you know, a lot of cults like th- that's a cult use it like Jonestown, yeah, like Stephen Anderson. Bible. No, well, <laughs> we'll get to him later. Boom, I got him. But um, a lot of cult like entities use the King James Bible. Do you know, have you have you heard this whole... No, I'm not. So, the King James Bible has no... You don't have to pay a royalty fee. You don't have to... Tra- oh. There's no trademark. You can Anyone can print a King James Bible because it's existed since 1611. Yeah. But the ESV and the NASB and all these other ones, they're... Um, I don't know what the technical... I think trademarked is the technical term yeah. when it comes to books. But so you have to pay a fee if you're going to print out of them. That's why the LSB exists is because it's pretty much a mix of the 
at NASB and the ESV, they did translate from the original Now, someone on, um, in one of the articles I was reading, they said that the reason why James White did this crusade against um, the King James Version was because he was part of the NASB uh, council, or whatever it is, uh, that made that translation. And so he gets royalties from it, and that's why he doesn't want us to... <laughs> Ah, yes. The man who volunteered in 1995 to help translate a small portion of the NASB Bible. Yeah, no, he, he's getting, I mean, I mean, can we getting say, that's right, royalty checks. He made a book so he could get, you know, the 10 cents or whatever yeah. it is every time that someone buys that Bible. Yeah. That's what it is. As, a conspiracy? Confirmed. I, I think I, I'd say confirmed. Yeah. Absolutely confirmed. Yeah. You're wrong James about White. James White. That's right, dude. No. Maybe we should so, do that episode. <laughs> you don't have to be here for it. The, <laughs> just you rambling at three in the morning. I'll call up Doug Wilson yeah. and I'll see what he thinks about it, all right? Yeah. <laughs> It'll just be me and him hanging out. You know, but know. um Yeah. I, but for for the main purpose of this episode, we are gonna focus on the King James only side. Not necessarily the preferred, because preferring something is human nature, right? Yeah. You're gonna have like you're gonna have stuff that you prefer. I prefer Pepsi Zero Sugar Max Taste to Oof. Coke Zero. Absolutely. Coke right? Zero is absolute trash and garbage. But if I, was drinks gonna, it. if I was gonna drink a regular like non diet soda, I'm gonna get a Coke before I get a Pepsi. How dare you? Okay, that's fine, whatever. I'm, you know Pepsi is a southern I said original. What I said. So is Coke. Okay. I think it was Atlanta. actually found in North Carolina. Whatever. Atlanta it's, is way farther south. And Carolina, North, Carolina. North Carolina has the word north in it. Yeah. Ugh. Yankees. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We are not good at this. <laughs> It'll be fine. But with, with the King James only argument, uh, a lot of it that I have seen, because, you know, obviously I'm not going to see every single person who is King James only arguing for stuff but what what i see is it goes it's either just straight tradition so you have a lot of people who just they grew up with it and you got told yeah the king james version is the only good version and all these modern translations are trying to take away from the deity of christ and they're pulling verses out of the bible you know there's 16 verses missing in the modern translations compared to the king james i thought it was like a hundred no so some, there's some article said that there's there's 12,000, I want to say. Uh, don't quote me on that number I'm going to clip that. But 12,000 textual variants in the New Testament. Meaning, okay. so you have all these different manuscripts and you look at all the different, um, the differences between it, right? There's 12,000 differences. 99.5 of them are punctuation. So, could be capitalization, could be the spacing, could be periods, commas, whatever it may be, the Greek or the Aramaic or whatever other language was used in those texts, right? Uh, equivalent of that. So, 99.5% are pretty easily found out. Like, oh, yeah, there was supposed to be a comma here, but the guy who was writing it on the back of a camel skin in falling asleep at three in the morning because he had been in a scriptorium for hours, uh, missed a comma here. Yeah. Right? Um, the others that are not, the 0.5% that are not punctuation-related, 
amongst all of those, including the ones that were used in the King James Bible, uh, they tend to be easily found out, right? So you can look at them and say, okay, this is... So what... A good way to talk about it, it, they were like taking notes on the page. So I don't know if you have a Bible that you had like the the lines on the edge, the margin Bible. I know what they are, but I don't have it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But you could take notes on the side. Yeah. So back in the day, they didn't have that ability. So let's say, oh, you got your this portion of the scripture, right? Okay, well, you got it from another town over who got it from another town over. And the copy that they sent you someone would stand at the front and read it out and then you would have whatever you had scraps of papyrus animal skin shards of pottery whatever was available to you as an extremely poor christian running from the government you would use so let's say you had a piece of papyrus well normal papyrus has lines in it from the stems of the leaves and the way that the veins and the leaves and a normal person who you know could afford papyrus would write on the smooth side of the papyrus and the side with all the veins from the leaves would be blank because there was no you know you couldn't really use it as easily it had bumps and lines all over it <clears throat> now the christians were so poor that they would use both sides and because of that you would mess up cuz you're writing over these thick veins going through leaves beyond that if you're writing something down and then you have a thought, oh, that's just like, and you can think back to that, that's just like what we heard, you know, a few months ago when we got this letter or we had this piece of the scripture that was given to us and you would write a note like on above or on the side of that papyrus, these, these people that would receive it. So a lot of these that have textual variants aren't necessarily textual variants. They're notes from the original copyist. Yeah, because when people would copy stuff down, you, you're you sitting there and it's almost like you're, oh, let me... And then also you're, you're thinking about the, the reader that's going to read it after you. And mm-hmm. you expound on something like, okay, well, this, is, this was said and this is kind of what it means. And then it, instead of it being just a word or a couple of words, it might be an entire paragraph describing what exactly that thing was. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that, where yeah. we have like a, a difference. It's not a difference necessarily in the meaning. It's a difference in the way it was written. Yeah. So there, there was a lot of that that was going on back in the days, back in those days. So you had poor people who were, they were literate, but to an extent, and they were doing their best to copy with the materials they had and what they did copy, sometimes they would put their own personal notes in because, I mean, do you think someone's going to dig up your Bible in, I don't know, 1,600 years and then say, oh, hey, he's got a note on the side of his Bible. That must mean this was part of what was actually written in the Bible. It depends on you know when I wrote it. it like yeah. Me as a kid probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably wouldn't want to read but, whatever I wrote in that. But so that that was a big uh, that a big contributor to textual differences. And then, of course, there's just getting it wrong, too. I and mean, what do you mean by that? I, 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 you've taken notes in classes before. Yeah. Do you ever just write down the wrong thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. OK, there you go. <laughs> just get it wrong. And what's great about having I wrote down. So currently 
we have 25,000 manuscripts of the Bible. Wow. So manuscript pieces, not not full, complete, you know, that this, we is, found. The entire, yeah. this yeah. is the entire Old and New Testament in a leather-bound book. No, that's not how this worked. The manuscript tradition was they would find small pieces, and then you would be able to put that with the other pieces you had and cross-reference that with the other pieces you have. So you have 25,000 pieces of the New Testament. 5,800 of them were in Greek, 10,000 were in Latin, 9,300 were in other languages, whatever those other languages might be. So that's 25,100 roughly uh, manuscripts of the Bible. And in, in some of those, people just got some stuff wrong. And if we only had 200 manuscripts, if we only had 250, let's say, manuscripts of the Bible... And any time it came to John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You kind of stumbled at one if point, you, guys. If you jump you know. up and down on your right leg three times. Right. If that was the only copy we had of John 3.16 because be someone's kid got a hold of the manuscript and added that as got a got a hold of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then we would have a completely different understanding of that verse, but because we have twenty five thousand, when we see that, you know, if that was serious. I would be amazed if that was actually a error or a <laughs> manuscript difference. Um, but when we get to that error, we can look at, oh, well, what does every other? We have you know seven hundred different copies of that portion of John. What does every other one say? And when you have all of that, that you can cross reference and look at, then. Now you can say, okay, obviously that's an error because 699 of these say something very different. They, they don't include that. And that, what I just said, is what King James onlyists despise. That, that we can say that the other translations are accurate because we obviously look at the other, every other manuscript and go, okay, so... 90% line up with this, so therefore we're going to write this in our mm-hmm. in our translation. What they what they claim is that oh, whenever you dig up some sand covered thing out in Egypt, then you just throw that in the Bible. That is I do have a question about that. So that is the new translations that are being given, not actually the new translation like New Living Translation, but the new translations that are not King James. Are those from the same manuscripts that King James did, or was those from older ones, newer ones, a mix of both? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. So, Thank you so much. Well, let's talk about what the King James Bible used. The King James Bible used something called the TR, the Textus Receptus. Yes, I do know this. Which uh-huh. was a compilation of three main, um, three main texts. So you had the... Uh, the compilation that Erasmus did, Desiderius Erasmus, mm-hmm. he combined a lot. He did a, a lot for what was what he had. He did a lot of Greek and um, Latin work to combine into basically a, a Bible, the Erasmian text, uh, and that was one of the first big uh, compilations of the entirety of the Bible. Yeah. So you had Erasmus, then you had Stephanus was the next his he also did a very similar thing and Beza Beza was John Calvin's uh, mentor mentee 
right? So uh, John Calvin trained up. Uh, uh, I can't remember Beza's first name, but trained up Beza, and then Beza did that compilation of the text. Those three were the main three things that the King James translators looked to when they were translating the the Bible into English for the not for the first time because you had Wycliffe, but the first authorized version, as a lot of people say, was the King James Bible. So they used the Textus Receptus. Now, uh, a trope that the King James onlyist will say is, see, Textus Receptus, that's Latin for received text. Yeah. Okay, so that means that that text was received and it came down straight from glory. And over the years, it was preserved and preserved and preserved until it was received. That text was received by the King James translators. That's not what Textus Receptus means. Back in the day, in you know, late 1500s, early 1600s, every single advertisement was done in Latin. And so the reason it was Textus Receptus is because people were putting on their storefronts, hey, we, got a, we received a text here, and this is the received text we have of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it was the combination of the Erasmian, uh, Stephanus, and Bazin texts. So it wasn't saying this was received from on high. It was saying, hey, we're a bookstore. We got this. Really? Yeah. But their whole thing is about mm-hmm. that it was received from the divine receipt or the now, re-inspiration. They still, not every King James Onlyist is going to say that the TR was divinely received, but that was the history of why it was called the Textus Receptus. It was an advertisement in Latin. And so it sounds fancy. But it, it was never intended to mean this is divinely inspired to Erasmus, right? It was divinely inspired to the original authors, but not to Erasmus, not so, to Stephanus. So is this, is, is, would you say that King James onlyism, is this like a widespread thing going on like right now? Or is this more of like an older type thing that's like kind of dying off? Yes and no. You'd be surprised at how many people still hold to the King James onlyist. I notice more King James onlyisms when sorry, whatever. Whatever you want to call them. I only notice them more in like I said in the last let me see if I can say the word. Rural there you go. churches is where I see it a lot. Yeah. Um I I our church we we use it at the pulpit. Yeah. I know that. But like when I say they use it in rural church. You got that, it. You had that it. church. Yes. Anyway, church is out there. They like I've had an argument with one of my dad's friends about it. Where he he's like, "Well, no, I mean, then again, when you argue with people that literally don't know anything, it's it's quite infuriating because I'm just like, okay, but it was you know, King James is the only proper translation of the Bible. And then of course I ask, what are you talking about? I'd actually never heard of this mm-hmm. until he said something to me. And we were working on a car and he said that. And I was like, what are you even talking about? And then my dad chimes in with, you know, yelling out, hey, be quiet, be quiet, you know, fine, you just, let's just keep working. I don't want to deal with this. Don't fight. I need I you to actually fix the this. car. <laughs> the best part is that this guy and I, like, we'll sit there and, and talk. We don't ever get really heated. But uh, I just, I'd never heard that like we're not accepting the other translations. Now, I've heard before 
where I've read like an NIV thing. And then my my own brother would be like, oh, NIV, huh? Oh, and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Please forgive me, I guess. But I, I, to me, I've never really cared. I think I've always been a New King James person. So I'm mm-hmm. just like, I never, I, I would assume that this is more of a smaller problem. But then when I'm doing research on this and looking at sources, it doesn't seem like it's very small. It's more across like there's thousands and thousands of Christians that believe that this, and they don't believe it's a small problem. They believe this is a very big problem, mm-hmm. which I look at this as one of these minor problems where I, I, that's great that you want this, but I, I don't, this has nothing to do with our salvation. Yeah. It's a lot of, uh, NIFB, like the new independent fundamentalist Baptist. Okay. Um, a lot of them, a lot of lowercase s southern baptist not the not the convention i that's what i'm trying to be clear there are southern baptist convention churches that hold this but there's also a lot of other churches that hold to it right um but churches in the south are very strong in it as well where they just it's the best one it's what we got it's what my grandpappy had and what's we're it's what we're gonna have and what's my grandkids gonna have and is that the problem is the tradition part it's of it? it's a lot of tradition it's it's mainly tradition and when you say this is just your tradition then what do they say they say what i said a few weeks ago oh well you know i don't i don't got no tradition mm, well people who don't point out that don't realize they have tradition are often blinded by it right so they don't realize that what they're doing is a tradition. And you can, there are very few people who can have serious conversations about King James onlyism and actually analyze their own position without contradicting their position. So they'll, they'll give these standards, they'll give these weights and measures to the other translations. They'll say, you can't trust it because of X, Y, and Z. But why can't I trust it? I'm sorry. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm, every time that you say something, I'm gonna ask you the question on it because I like this. This. This way. This is better. You have very good knowledge on this. Well, they, they say so you I can't want, trust I, so it. So we're gonna stop every single time that I have a question because I want to hear what you have to say about. It. So why can't we trust it? Or you, why is that in a point? Here, a big one would be, and this is. Uh, I'm trying to remember the first place I heard this from. I can't remember. Uh, the the big one is the where the origin of where the texts came from. So there's the Byzantine tradition, and there's also the Alexandrian tradition. So the Byzantine would be more of a European tradition, whereas the Alexandrian is the North African tradition of passing down the texts. The King James Onlyist view is that the Byzantine tradition was much more careful, much more precise, and the way that they copied things was a lot more exact, and it stayed pure. Why are you talking like Andrew Tate right now? Because... <laughs> I am top G. I am top G. Oh, all right. It's the Byzantine tradition. <laughs> but King James is top G. What color is your King James Bible? <laughs> but the Byzantine tradition is a lot more precise. It's more clean. And it was kept much uh, better than the Alexandrian tradition, which the Alexandrian tradition was a lot more loosely kept. And they didn't really care who was copying it. And it's just mm-hmm. a lot more random. And it's not really a, a, as important. It's messy. It's sloppy. Okay. Where do you find that? Oh, here's here's where they find it. The Textus Receptus majority came from the Byzantine writings uh, and the Byzantine copies and scriptoriums. But the Alexandrian ones were not used as heavily in those. And so in order to justify 
their love for the TR, they have to exclude the Alexandrian text in order to to to, to understand to in order to say, yeah, this is valid. So it's they don't trust it because just just because of the passing down yeah the tradition tradition of passing down in the alexandrian way Mm -hmm. but these other translations that we have they looked at both or they looked at they looked at both so so like the esv would be called the the modern for lack of a better term a lot of them are not really modern anymore but the modern translations would use what's called the eclectic text meaning all of the manuscripts we have Everything that's available to us, we examine and we verify and we look to and we study, 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 study to make sure, okay, all of these agree. Now we have John. And the crazy thing is when you when you look at it, there's not much that's different in between the King James and the ESV or the NASB. All that's changed is you're making the language more accessible for people. Right. And beyond that, you are cutting some of the fat off of what was on there, and you're making it so that it's easier to understand. And I'm going to give two reasons why a King James only should be okay with that. One, the Bible was written, or the New Testament was written in Latin and Koine Greek. Koine Greek was marketplace Greek. That was not fancy Greek. Marketplace Greek was what people could just re- any anyone could do that and drop pens. Good job. But marketplace it was marketplace Greek. It was it was not fancy. It was not anything special. It was not the uh, fancy Greek that we think of. It was common Greek for the common person. Same with the Latin. The Latin was not anything special. Yeah, of course, not everyone was um, literate, but it was more approachable, and it was purposefully more approachable. So why would you impose a standard of now you have to be fluent in, you know, 14th century, not not 16th century English in order to have a good understanding of the Bible? 17th century. No. 1611. Yes. But the 1611 King James copied Wycliffe's Bible from 1526. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, they, 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 they... I actually do know that part. People, right. people enjoyed reading Wycliffe's Bible, and it was still popular. So mm-hmm. they just copied a lot of what he wrote, or the style of his writing, which would have been 16th century. Right. Even though it was written in 1611. But... Is this kind of like an issue, though, like... With like the Catholic Church, how pretty much like no one could read the Bible, right? Except for the the magisterium. Yeah, and so then you would have the issue of, well, I don't, I can't readily read, or I can't read this Bible because it's not, I don't have one, or it's not accessible to me to do that, or I just can't actually read. And so then we have the problem of, well, they're just going to tell us what it says. Yeah, and isn't that this seems to like when I read King James or I hear it read. There are some verses where I'm just like, I don't know how this person read that. Mm-hmm. Because that's not how I speak. I don't take like words and like, I don't speak like Yoda. And I'm not saying like King James is like Yoda, but you know what I'm saying? Like, where it's very, 
it, it's just a weird wake now yeah. of how we speak. It's it's just not. It's, I would not. I'm not talking about the these and the thous and the yeas or the yees and the whatever. I'm talking about the way the words are put in there. And so making something like the ESV or making even something like the New King James or or um or what's the NASB, it those those translations make it where you know idiots like me can read it and go, oh, okay, I, I now understand what's going on here. I understand what's happening in this mm-hmm. verse, as and, opposed to the other. And a lot of the King James onlyists will do that when they're preaching. They'll say they'll read the elaborate verse, and then they'll say another way to say this is another way to say this is another way to say that word is, and so they'll know that. use okay. it as a, they'll they'll have a thesaurus with them because a lot of these words are archaic and you they're not easily uh, accessible for common people today. Um. So there's one thing is the Bible was made to be accessible to people. Right. It was made to be read by the common man. Uh, was it Tyndale or Wycliffe who said, um, if I have my way, uh, the, a plow boy will know more about the Bible than you talking to a, a, a bishop in uh, England at some point. I remember hearing that story as a child. I can't verify. I, I know that was a quote from Tyndale. I think, uh, or Wycliffe, but basically that, that's the premise is the common person should be able to read and comprehend and understand the Bible. And that was shown in the manuscripts that you used to create the King James Bible. So why are you still clinging to something that none of it is shown over time? Like yeah, you know what? We should keep it at archaic. We should use ancient language. And what biblical standard is there for? Like what, we're talking about translations of a Bible, of the Bible, right? But what in the Bible is telling us to like? We can't have anything but King James. It doesn't make any sense to me. You have no biblical precedence. This the, is a man-made precedence. The precedence they would use would be something like Revelation twenty-two. No, yeah, twenty-two eleven. Um, anyone who takes away or adds from this book, uh, I can't remember the rest of the I know, I know what you're talking about, yes. But, you know, do not take away or add anything to this book unless a curse be upon you. Well, that one is talking about Revelation, not talking about the Bible. It's just Revelation comes at the end, so people assume, oh, well, it means all of the Bible. No, it means Revelation. Don't apply that standard to the rest of it. But there are other proof texts that they would use. A lot of the proof texts are the quote-unquote missing verses in the Bible. So I have listed the 16 missing verses in the New Testament from the, the, that the King James Bible has that the rest of the translations don't. So you have Matthew 17, 21, Matthew 18, 11, Matthew 23, 14, Mark 7, 16, Mark 9, 44, and 46, Mark 11, 26, Mark 15, 28, Luke 17, 36. Hey, Luke. Uh, <laughs> <Howdy>. Cameo. <laughs> John I never 5, made it to physician school. <laughs> I never did. John 5, 3 through 4, Acts 8, 37, Acts 15, 34, Acts 24, 6 through 8, Acts 28, 29, Romans 16, 24, and 1 John 5, 7 and 8, which I'll touch back on later because that is a big 
point of the first John first John five seven because wasn't that one that they they had to like discuss whether that was actually going to be in the Bible or not yeah that's and that was like one of the last added see look I've been reading church history books I know things so that's the comma Yohamian okay is what that is referred to as and in the King James Bible it says for there are three that bear record in heaven the Father the Word and the Holy Ghost and these three are one that's what the King James Bible still to this day says uh that that whole verse right there what the majority of the modern translations say is for there are three that bear witness that's first john 5 7 in the lsb in the esv it says for there are three that testify and when you look back at all the different manuscripts we have there is not one that says the rest of that verse the father the word and the holy ghost and these three are one that was added in a Latin Vulgate, and then Erasmus, when he was doing his translation, he didn't know, and he actually said, I don't want to add this, but if it's not there, I might get in trouble. So he added it against his better judgment, and then tried to take it out later. So and This is the first John. First John 5, yeah, 7. Yeah, first John 5, 7, okay. So that comma Yohamian, or the Yohamian comma, depending on how you want to read, uh, didn't exist in the manuscript. It was added into the TR, and then it was translated from the TR into the King James Bible. But it's nowhere to be found. They in said, any of the other manuscripts. In any of the other manuscripts. Is it is it bad? No. But I don't want other people's words. I want to know what John said. Right? And that's where this boils down to. I don't want to know what Erasmus wanted to put in there. I don't want to know what Beza put in there. I don't want to know what any other person distilled or, you know what, we can just, and eh, we can add this, we can tweak this. I don't want that. I want what Paul wrote. But isn't then their argument then going to just be that, well, it's it's re-inspired, the, the translation to the King James Version, so therefore Erasmus putting it in there, it's... It was inspired by God for him to do that. Well, then I would ask, what's the evidence that Erasmus was inspired? Is it how he didn't believe Revelation was part of the biblical canon, so he didn't care as much, he didn't put as much care, and he rushed through it, and when he was copying uh, Revelation into his manuscript, he couldn't find his references for Revelation 21 and 22, so he just made some stuff up copying from translating from a Latin Vulgate into Greek and then back into Latin and said that'll do and has a com- when you read the Erasmian text which I don't have available to me right now when you read that Revelation 21 and 22 are completely different and he tried to fix it in his second edition by going and copying what someone else had put in their edition, not knowing that they had copied from Erasmus. So now <laughs> it goes all the way through Erasmus, Stephanus, and Beza, oh gets to gosh. the King James translators, and in 1611, the King James translators put out their Bible, and Revelation 21 and 22 were not correct. There were complete misreadings in, their, in that version. That's why, again, if... The King James and the TR are divinely inspired. Why is it that 150 years after the King James Bible was written, it was revised in a Blaney Oxford revision? And parts were completely rewritten. They fixed Revelation. 
And they is, took is, is out that the authorized. The Deut- it's still the authorized authorized version. version? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's still the authorized version of the King James Bible that took out the Deuterocanonical books and fixed Revelation. But and that's not the same. Some other stuff. Exactly. So, but so the old one is inspired, and then you go and you now the authorized version is one that's completely edited to make it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I have no problem right now saying, "Oh, I would read a King James Bible," is because it got edited and fixed right but most people who are king james only don't realize that they do not have a 1611 king james unless it says on the front cover 1611 king james and it's signed by king james himself yes well (laughs) (laughs) jeremiah's eyes look at me he's like wait hold on what (laughs) (laughs) but it it was 150 years later revised yeah to the king james that you have now so when you have a king james bible it's not the original and the other thing, too, is they had the Deuterocanonical books, right? So Judith, Tobit, the Maccabees, those were all translated as well, because at that point, those were still... One and two as, Maccabees. Yeah, one and two Maccabees, <laughs> next to uh, two Corinthians. <laughs> two Corinthians. But I'm never going to get over that. The, uh, it's like five years ago. They, they, they still viewed those books as Deuterocanonical extra parts of the canon. They were not. They didn't view them as part of the biblical canon, but they still had them in there. But your King James Bible doesn't have the Deuterocanon in it. No. Because now we don't even, the Protestant Bible does not contain them. There's no need to contain them. Uh, Regardless of the Deuterocanon, all that aside, people ignore one thing more than anything else. And that is the foreword written by the people in 1611 who translated the Bible. Now, two, one, one very short quote and one long quote. I'm going to start with a long quote. So this is from the translators to the readers of the, new t- of the King James Bible. And it's written in archaic English and the spelling. I mean, I'll show you the spelling later. It is crazy. Uh, so forgive me. Truly good Christian reader. We never thought from the beginning that we should need to make a new translation, nor yet to make a bad one a good one. For then the imputation of Sixtus had been true in some sort, that our people had been fed with gall of dragons instead of wine, with whey instead of milk. But to make a good one better, or out of many good ones, one principal good one, not justly to be accepted against, that hath been our endeavor, that our mark. To that purpose there were many chosen that were greater in other men's eyes than in their own, and that sought the truth rather than their own praise. That whole long quote, they're saying, we didn't set out to make a new translation. We didn't set out to make a bad one good. We didn't set out to make a good one bad. And we didn't set out to make one principal good one. They also said, later on that the king's speech is still the king's speech when they were referring to if any other translation if any other text are found please correct our errors please correct what is going on the king's speech talking about god the king's speech is still the king's speech every one of the king james translators agreed in that forward we were not setting out to make one principal translation we were setting out to translate the English Bible, and if we make a mistake, 
if our our texts come out and there's new variants found, there's new manuscript evidence, please fix, please add, please revise what is given. So the King James translators themselves did not agree with what King James onlyists are saying today. They would not be on your side if you're a King James onlyist listening to this. They would not be on your side. They would be on the side of the ESV, the LSB, the NASB. They might say about us, we can't understand what you're writing because English has changed so much. But <laughs> we say about theirs, we can't understand what you're saying because who spells we with three E's? But wouldn't, wouldn't they also they would agree with the new translation of the King James Version? Yeah, they would, the, they would, they would agree, agree with, with the that. revision. Yeah, but, but that's the problem is that when... With new with new King James, sorry, with the King James only with the with the new King James version of the King James version. Yeah, I, that's really bad for me. So I, you, you, maybe you guys understand what I'm saying. Anyway, but it's it, it doesn't if if we're going by what this onlyism thing is, and like what you're saying with it was revised later on down the road. And so it has, you know, revelation is the way revelation should be. How in the world, past that, do we have King James onlyisms? Because I understand the preferred. You can prefer it. It's a tradition. Fine. Again, tradition is not is not something that is now inherently like this is. We have to do this in every church, or we're sinning. It. I don't understand why this is even like an argument then, because it's not the same as the 1611 version that came out. The 1611 version had problems. Even the, as you just read, the translators themselves said, hey, if they find problems, because there's going to be, pretty much they're admitting that, then you need to change it and you need to make it better because the king's word or the king's speech is the king's speech, which is true. So... I don't understand where the movement is here and how, like, I, I get, like, if you're, if I'm going to argue with someone and they just go, oh, you know, <clears throat> based on tradition, like, that's what we do. Okay, 100%. Good, do it. You're able to do that. If you don't want to drink, if you don't want to smoke, if you don't want to do whatever that's in the Bible that you have the liberty to do, then you don't have to do it, mm-hmm. right? That's the point. You have the ability to either do it or not do it, and you're not sinning. So, I mean, reading just King James or, or reciting just King James, fine, if that's, if that's your thing. But, I mean, are, we, are, we, are they the ones saying that it's a sin for us to be... Is, is that what their yes. claim is? It's a we're, sin for us to do this. We're changing the Bible. So, now, so there anytime are, there, they're there doing are, it, it's not just sin. Extents. It's like almost like, uh, I guess, if in the Catholic speak here, it'd be a mortal sin because we're taking the words of God and we're... Mangling we're them. them. Yeah. We're, we're taking what was written and changing, you're taking away, you're adding, you're doing all this, and it's, you, you can't do that, right? And again, they're, they're, it's so difficult, like a lot of the topics we talk about, it's so difficult to pinpoint it because I know there's going to be someone in the comments or someone listening to this who says, well, I only read the King James Bible and I think that it's perfect i love reading the king james bible Good. that's what i've always heard i don't like and it. i don't think that people are sinning no if you enjoy the king james bible read the king james bible it's better than not reading the bible right it it, it is now a good translation that what we are specifically talking about 
are the people like Steven Anderson, like Gail Ripplinger, like Peter Ruckman. Bro, don't talk about Steve Anderson like that to me. Don't you dare. I will not say he's my boy. You don't see this? He's making he's doing like the old British boxing like fists at me. Steve Anderson out with Arizona. Yeah. We should go visit him. We should do an on site podcast with him. I don't think he would like Why you're wrong about Steve Anderson. I think that we would get canceled off of every single platform we've ever been on. I think just saying his name puts us on a list. <laughs> yeah, just like in that uh, Manosphere episode. Go listen uh, to Manosphere. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. But um, but those, those people those you're saying. Those people, yeah. they, they would say it, it's sinful and it's immoral and we need to repent of using the bad translations. Um, the modern translations. So th- th- there is such a difference in opinion with a lot of people with this and frankly if you are putting that on if you are putting a balance and a weight on someone and calling someone sinful for reading an esv or a nasb or a new king james to me that seems a lot closer to sin than saying than than the opposite there's a clip where we literally on the weed episode go listen to weed. How many, how many episodes have I now sponsored? Oh, three of them. That's anyway. Three or four. Go to the weed episode and on the clip that Jeremiah did for the promotion, I think it was the one I said that I don't want to sit here and make up man-made rules or make up rules that are made by me, not from the Bible, and and that's the same thing right here. It's it's that we're this is your what you're doing is sinful it's yeah. to me and actually i don't think it's to me it is just what it is if you're gonna make up rules and tell me how it's sinful to do them you are now adding to what the bible is saying and it's now it's no longer god's rules christ's rules the holy spirit rules it's your rules you are now mm-hmm. god because you're the one making up what is sinful and what's not because i can go to the bible i can't find what you're saying as as and I understand they'll say oh well it's Revelation twenty two eleven is what it is but it's not a different version of the Bible I I heard James White say this and I and it was such a very good succinct argument it's not a different version of the Bible mm-hmm. it is the same Bible it is a different translation yeah because that was Steve Anderson's thing was he was mad because he said this was not caused this was causing fraction not causing or, there's no way to have unity unless we were all under the same translation because he said well if you go and you took the constitution and you made 400 different versions of it and then you go yeah but it's all you know about the same kind of thing and then James White goes that's a difference though because you're talking about versions of a document that first off we have mm-hmm. from the original writers and you're talking versions. I'm I not thought, talking about a different version of the Bible. I'm talking about a different translation of the Bible. I thought Nick Cage stole the Constitution. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, he's right, and you're right. It. it whoa. 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 Oh, come on. No, no, don't get that to me. That was James, James White did that, man. I didn't but, do anything. Um, I'm just. I'm just regurgitating James it, White here, my it, boy. It is different. You can't say, "Oh, well." You have 18,000 copies of the Constitution, but all of them are letters different. No, we have the Constitution, so you can't make a false equivalency about it. Which, again, that's exactly what that was. We don't have all of the original texts of the Bible, but what we do have are 25,000, over 25,000 manuscripts. You realize there's, I think it was 18 
18 copies, original manuscripts of uh, Meditations of Marcus Aurelius. 18. And that's an extraordinarily, like, an extraordinary bestseller. We don't know. And he persecuted the Jews really badly. Yeah. Not, sorry, not the Jews, the Christians. I think he just didn't like anyone. Um, But... (laughs) I didn't. The, I read his stuff, and I didn't even know that. And then I read oh. my my history book, and I was like, "Wow, that sucks." I guess. <laughs> I guess I've never I read Marcus doing... Aurelius, and I really don't want to. If he's just um, any stoic thing, and just be. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. The, ahead. Is Jocko Willink technically a stoic? Uh yeah, I'd say he's. he's okay, technically, so I guess I have the, read uh, that part. And that more than likely, you've read something from Marcus Aurelius. But um, then, then you have uh, Julius Caesar's Gallic War, right? The Gallic Wars. No one knows if he actually wrote that because we have a handful of manuscripts and, you know, pretty much unsure as to if he actually wrote all that or if it was a servant or if it was just someone 150 years later saying, yeah, that sounds about right. Let's write this. That's, that's the official record of the Gallic War and we don't know. No one knows if... Uh, Shakespeare actually wrote Macbeth and Hamlet. What? Yeah. That's that's still up in the air. But you know what we do know? We do know that Paul wrote Titus. We do know that Paul wrote 1st and 2nd Timothy. We do know that John wrote John. All of that stuff we know. We know that Luke wrote Acts. You're welcome. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> um, <laughs> you are a doctor in New Jersey. But, um, <laughs> there you go. We know all of that because of the extraordinary wealth of manuscripts we have that have been preserved throughout time. And what the King James Only argument does is say, nope, we're only using this select group of what we have. And what that is doing now is making, and this is my main problem with King James Onlyism, I can get past the cultic atmosphere of it. I can get past all of this, but you are weakening the the authority and the reliability of Scripture with every single argument you make. Here's why I'm pointing that out. If you look at a Muslim, a Muslim is going to look at the Quran. They have a controlled transmission of the text with the Quran. The Quran was. Uh, as the Muslim would say, it was written, uh, it, the Quran is unwritten, you know, it's always been, and then Jibreel came and gave the text uh, to Muhammad, and Muhammad uh, copied the text, I can't remember the exact term that they would say, but he transcribed, that's the word, yeah. he transcribed the text that were given to him by Jibreel, and then people would memorize it, and memorize it, and memorize it, and it was mainly verbal for a long time, and then there was a war, a lot of people that had it memorized verbally, the, uh, if you look up the, the, the Battle of Yamama, that was a battle where a lot, don't laugh, that's a, a lot of people died, but a lot of the people, a lot who, of people died, a lot of people died, who died, Yamama? Oh, no. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> but the Battle of Yamama, a lot of a lot of people died. A lot of people that had that um, memorization of the Quran. So then you had uh, Uthman who came and said, "Okay, we need to combine the text." And then he created what we now have as the Quran. What people have as the Quran is Uthmanic, and he took what was already written, the pits and pieces, and he combined it, and it has been controlled. 
you can get a Quran, you know, if you have a, the same language, Arabic Quran from 600 years ago and you have one that was printed yesterday, the pages are the same. You can say on the 67th page at the top row, it will say this. You don't have to say, okay, go to Surah 142. It, it, it is exactly the same because it's been controlled. Now, because it's been controlled and there has been one Quran, how do you know that Uthman put the correct words in there? How do you know he did not change it? And there has been a lot of controversy, especially recently, where they find older texts that predate Uthman that contradict some of the surahs that were written. And you look at some of the uh, texts that were written as more historical uh, text during the time of Muhammad that contradict stories that were written in the Quran that happened supposedly simultaneously, but you read the Quranic account and you read the other, you know, 40 other accounts that happened at the same time written by people around Muhammad and they contradict each other. That's when you have a controlled text. What the King James only people are trying to do is create a controlled text of the Bible that turns us into, that gives us a weakness, that get, puts us in a place where now anything gets pointed out wrong about the King James Bible, like how the original King James Bible did actually have a typo. Um, I can't remember what it was, but it was in Deuteronomy and it said yeah. something like kill your sons instead of bless your sons. Um, wow, kind of a big difference yeah. there. And you, you have something like that. Now, oh, you have a controlled tradition with the Bible, with the King James Bible. Well, that was wrong. So how do you know any of it is right? But didn't they already lose that argument too? Because it was revised 150 years later. Exactly. So they've already lost yeah. that argument, it, I guess. It, it seems like they're, they're just, it's a fight of a losing battle. I don't see how there is a huge following for this. If there And is. they love to argue about it. And you bring that up. And then they say, well, what about the missing verses? Okay, well, we already talked about that. You, it's not missing verses. It's added verses. Well, what about the uh, Alexandrian manuscript edition? What what about it? We had people in North Africa who were blessed by the word of God, and they were able to take that and proliferate it throughout Africa. And because of that, when Constantine tried to collect as much of the Bible as he could to um, compile it, it of it stopped him from getting a controlled transmission of the Bible like Islam has, which is Islam's greatest weakness. So, with, with their text, with their text, don't take that out of context. That is Islam's greatest weakness with their text, right? Clip it. So, <laughs> so that was avoided by the Alexandrian manuscript tradition. And beyond that, I mean, what about all the other languages? Who knows how many we're going to find? Who knows what we're going to find? And this is the biggest straw man, too, is they say, okay, well, you're going to find some random dusty old fragment in a monastery in Asia, and it's going to be, oh, well, that looks like it went in Luke, so now we're going to change all of our Bibles to make it sound like, no, that's not what happens. What happens is you take that manuscript that you found, you study it, and you say, okay, this looks like it was from the second century. What else was being written in, let's say, John in the second century? Okay, does this match any of what was written? Oh, it's completely different than what the other manuscripts of John say? Throw it out. It's not, it's not valid. Right. So it's not changing every minute. It's 
being compiled and being added to as more and more and more proof that this is the inspired word of God. Every single manuscript we find that corroborates what already is in the Bible is just strengthening the case for the Bible. And when you try to control it and stop it at the Texas Receptus and stop it at the, uh, at the King James Bible, you're weakening the case for the Bible's sufficiency and the Bible's truthfulness. And you want unification, right? We, we, that's one of the things that was argued with this King James thing that I saw. And it's almost like if you want unification, that's great. But it seems like you're, the, the most divisive thing is this point. It's like you're taking such a small thing that has, to me, no biblical basis whatsoever. And I think to a lot of people that would read the Bible, there's no biblical basis. And you're making it into the biggest thing mm-hmm. um, to the point where it's on the level of salvation in some cases, maybe in some people's minds, which is absolute lunacy and craziness. And I don't think that the people that are pointing out that King James only is ridiculous are the ones dividing. I think the people that are wanting to hold the King James only are the ones that are going to end up dividing things and making things worse. Now, of course, again, I don't think this is such a humongous movement because, again, in I've lived in the South my entire life. How much have I really heard of this? Not that much um, over the past 30 years. Be surprised. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I'm not going to say it's tiny where it's like, oh, this is nothing. Let's just forget about it. But I think that people that that are in this sect need to really take a second, take a t- take a take a step back. Look around, make a call, and just realize, hey, if you're going to come at this with, if you're going to make this your sole argument and your sole thing to like die on, then let's get biblically based on it, and let's get, tell me biblically why you're right. Why what Mm -hmm. you're saying, it's not about who's right, okay? It's about the truth. So, I don't care if I'm wrong. But then it needs to be presented to me where you show me the truth, Mm -hmm. and that supports what you're doing. It's simple as that, and I don't see why that's so hard, and I don't see why we can't do that. And a lot of people, you know, it, I, I would say the majority of people who say they're King James onlyist are in that uh, divide I made at the beginning yeah. where I said there's King James only and then there's King James preferred who call themselves King James only not realizing what all that entails, right? It's like someone calling themselves, yeah, I'm a fundamentalist Baptist, not realizing what fundamentalism is, right? It's not too much fun. Yeah. yeah, Mental. mental. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's similar to that where you don't, they they don't understand what it is. So if someone says, yeah, I'm King James only, oh, wow, you believe that it was a doubly, the Bible was doubly inspired and the second time it was inspired was either at Erasmus or at the... 1611 translation what no what are you talking about i just like reading the king james bible and that's the only one i have that that's where most people are and some people say yeah i like reading the king james bible and i don't like hearing other translations of the bible because they just they don't sound right and if you fall into those camps then that's fine the king james bible especially post blaney revision is a perfectly acceptable uh, translation of the Bible, uh, and I don't think you're any. You're, I don't think you're woefully, you know, unprepared because you're reading a King James Bible. I think it 
does just fine. But if you're looking down on someone or you think you're better than someone or you have a view because, oh, I, they read the ESV, but I read the KJV, it's probably not a healthy attitude. And it goes both ways. If you read an ESV and you look down on someone because they're reading a King James Version and, hey, I listened to a podcast where these guys talked about how uh, the King James Version actually was kind of messed up and it didn't do a whole lot. Just keep it to yourself and shut up. <laughs> Is that going to be their opinion? It's kind of, it was kind of messed up. Yeah, but don't just just get along. I, that's what I want more than anything is for people to get along. Don't go out picking fights and don't go out and comment on a bunch of stuff on Facebook and Instagram. That's Unless it's stupid. ours. Unless it's ours. Comment yeah. on ours a lot. We need the engagement. Yeah, that's fine. All right, let's get to Luke's list. I Luke's got a list. list. I got a list. Until Luke's he, list. Until you come up with a different name for this cheesy segment. Hit the, hit segment. the air horn. Hit the air horn. Luke's uh, list. Oh, damn. Oh, let's do it one yeah, more. Yeah, hold on. Okay. We're... Luke's list. Okay, anyway. So, let's get... It's so low, too. I probably need to increase no. that sound. Okay, anyway. So, uh, let's see. This is uh, five reasons to use the King James Version. And I'm pretty sure this Five comes, reasons. This comes from someone who is King James only. All right, so first one's theological reasons. Oh, wait, is this the long version? No, this is the shorter version. Some new Bibles are dangerous because the theological bias of their translators. The Revised Standard Version of the Bible was presented to the public... As a completed work in 1952, the unbelieving bias of the majority of the translators is evident in such reasons as Isaiah 7.14. And I know this one is where they say, uh, it's the prophecy of like Mary, and it says instead of a a virgin, he'll be born a virgin, it says he'll be born a young woman. And so... See, I'm not familiar with the RSV that much. I don't think I've ever read that one. Okay, well, theological reasons is their number one. And... Okay, I would agree with that. I agree. I would agree with that. If you're talking about the New World Translation of the Jehovah's Witness, or even maybe the NIV, I'm not a huge fan of the NIV. I don't How think. Dare it's, you? I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a sinful translation, but the NIV. Do you feel like is, a kid when you read it? I don't understand what that means. I feel like a kid when I read oh. it. I, I, it's I, like I'm reading a picture Bible. Yeah. Yeah, that makes <laughs> yeah. I get, now what we get it. Now. But if 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 the theological reason is yeah, I'm reading the Jehovah Witness New World Translation or uh, Joseph Smith's inspired version, then yeah, okay, yeah, go for King James over those ones. <laughs> All right, number two, textual reasons. Many people do not know that most, or yeah, that most of the more than 100 new versions of the Bible are not translated from the same Hebrew and Greek texts that the King James translators use! Exclamation point. When someone says the translation of a certain verse in the King James is unfortunate, usually the problem is text rather than translation. What? Okay, what do they mean by unfortunate? And I mean, I guess not fortunate. Yeah, and the <laughs> the ones that use a majority text or what, eclectic what, what is, text. Uh, what do you mean by the word the? Yeah. Um. I, I, yeah. It, I, I, yeah. I, that I, we kind of yeah. addressed that one uh, already. It's it. No. Okay. <laughs> Uh, f- phys- uh, philosophical reasons number Ooh. three Christians ought to be interested in having the very word of God since this is what Jesus said we need Jesus spoke in English in 16th century English? the King James Version is a translation that seeks what scholars call formal equivalence to the original text others however seek dynamic equivalence Form, okay. Formal approach, uh, formal equivalence is the approach seeks to express in English the meaning of the words in Greek. The dynamic approach 
seeks to express the meanings of the writers in modern idiom. Yeah, NIV <coughs> is dynamic equivalence. NASB, ESV, LSB, uh, what was the other one that we talked about? NSB, NASB, 1995. Uh, those all use formal equivalency, and they do it better because they have more of what was written. Boy, these kids inside are just <laughs> going at my wife. Let's all say a prayer for her. And I'll be inside in just a second. Number four, cultural reasons for most of our first 200 years. As a nation, the King James Version was used, was the Bible, or sorry, the King James was the Bible to most Americans. Even after so-called modern versions became popular, the King James continued to be the version memorized, quoted, and publicly read most often. With the demise of the old Bible, our country has been left without a standard text of scripture. Who can quote the 23rd Psalm anymore? Question mark. Who knows how to repeat the Christmas story? Uh, the, anyone the who's watched the arises peanuts? which version? And there were in their country in the country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, Ooh. and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Ooh. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Ooh. which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the bay wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. But was that in King James? That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, these children. Um... Number five, practical reasons. Believe it or not, some of the feature or some of the features most criticized in the King James Bible are among the best reasons to keep it. For example, consider the these and the thous. The King James Version was not written in everyday language of people on the street in 1611. It was written for high in high English, a very precise form of our language in modern English. The second person. The second person pronoun is expressed with one word, whether in the singular or the plural, that word is you. It was copying Wycliffe and Tyndale. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I felt like... Why are you yelling? I'm sorry. It wasn't... I don't want to say anything anymore. <sighs> well, that's it for Luke's list. And How I did think, you make me more angry? And I think that with the yelling, that's it for this episode. And this is why you're wrong about King James onlyism. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Next week's episode, we are going to do why you're wrong about Christian romance novels. You read a lot of those? Uh, oh, I have a, a wealth. <laughs> I have a collection. With words like that, that could be in the new King James Bible. Ooh. Anyway, tell them where they can find us. You can find us on Instagram and or TikTok at First Off You're Wrong, all spelled out. You can also find us on the Twitter, the X, Elon Musk's heinous contraption. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Whatever you, whatever you fancy. Uh, at F underscore O underscore Y underscore W. You can download all of our episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We just ask the only thing we ask from you guys is that you leave us a review. Five stars, please. If you want to leave us one, 
I can't stop you, I don't think, but I'm sorry I put that into your brain now to do to us. Jeff. Did he leave us a bad review? I don't know. I bet you he did. He probably did. Jeff. Jeff. Anyway, thank you all for listening to this episode. And just remember, the most important lesson today is that first off, you're wrong. Bye-bye.